Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for intentional moms to build strong families. Last time on the podcast, you heard part one of a conversation between Val and marriage and family therapist Amanda Colady about stress in ourselves and in our children. One of the things we heard Amanda talk about was the physical responses to stress in our bodies and the negative effects of living in stress long term. Our tendency is to say that the body is separate from emotions and what we know from research is that they're actually really tied together and so what we're experiencing emotionally and interpersonally has a huge impact on our body and how it functions and so um, so I want you to imagine that you're walking through a forest and it's beautiful and you turn around and you see this huge bear. Yeah. And so immediately your brain sends a signal to your fight or flight system, your amygdala that says sound the alarm and your adrenal glands start pumping stress hormones into your body and your heart pounds and your pupils dilate and your airways open up so that you're ready to either fight that bear or you can run from the bear. And if you think about it, fighting a bear is a terrible idea, but our brain is like, hey, we could do it. And so it sends a message to the very rational part of your brain that says, don't think about it. We just need to do. And it turns off your thinking so that you feel like you could fight the bear if you needed to. And then the alarm center activates the part of your brain that is responsible for survival behavior, like supernatural lifting a car off of a Mm. child. Um, And then The last thing your brain does is it tells your immune system to send a lot of inflammation into your body Mm -hmm. just in case the bear gets a hold of you and you need to survive. And then I want you to imagine that all of that comes home with you every single night. Mm. That that is toxic stress. And that's what your body's going through every single day if you're experiencing toxic stress. Today in part two of this series, Amanda gives us practical ways moms can begin reversing the harmful effects, both physical and emotional, of the stress that our children encounter. By the way, the steps that she talks about today are also what we all need to counteract the negative impact of stress in our own lives, too. Let's join them again as they continue their conversation. So we've been talking about you know, some very toxic stress and the extreme situations of stress. So let's back up to every day where they're at kind of stuff, but also Mm -hmm. how can we buffer the impact of stress, whether it's small or large, Mm -hmm. um, for myself as mama Mm -hmm. and for my kids? What are some effective ways we can do that? For sure. The first thing I really recommend is to build up Um, It takes five to seven positive interactions to make up for one negative interaction. And that is because our brains are like Velcro to negativity and like a nonstick cooking pan to positivity. And that's because we were wired for survival. And so Mm -hmm. we had to remember, okay, that plant is going to kill me. And this is going to kill me. And so our brains stick to the negative to survive and the positive starts to decrease over time. And so with our kids, with ourselves, just remembering one negative interaction requires five to seven positive. And so be quick to notice um, things that they're doing well. Um, be intentional about repairing when you make a mistake or when you blow up or when you say something harsh. Be quick to apologize. Um, be quick to give grace and give meaningful praise. Kids long to hear that they're doing well, that they're loved, 
that they're supported. Those are words and, and statements that mean so much to kids, regardless of their age, even if they're adult kids. Um, giving them opportunities to gain mastery over something and then praising them for that. And that goes for mama too, of if you want to do something well and then you do it well, praise yourself for it. Like, Hey, Mm. I did good today. Like, Mm. look at this. Um, and so just strengthen those pathways in your brain to the positive. I'm hearing this and thinking about you're saying we need to give five to seven positives to every one negative. And that's hard for us to do even just, mom to child. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I stop and think about what about all the negative that our child has gotten from peer stuff that day, or if they have any connection to social media, there's going to be a whole lot of negative there. So when we have this child and, and we're thinking, well, I'm, I'm not too hard on them or, you know, making too many negative statements. They don't just have our stuff that they're dealing with emotionally, (laughs) dealing Mm -hmm. with and processing. Well, and I would say too, um, because they experience so much, just for you to know as mom, I'm not saying like when you have to have a hard conversation with your kid, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm talking about. We have to train and teach and reproach. We have to do that. Absolutely. Um, I'm talking about when you snap at them or when you just harshly yell at them because you're at your 10, right? Yeah. You're, you're not at a place where you can respond with grace. And so when we're doing those things, those are the negative things I'm talking about that we need to repair from. So don't feel bad. Don't feel like, Oh, well, I can't say anything hard to them. Like that's right. not what I'm trying to say at all. Um, and when you do say hard things, say, this is something that's uncomfortable for me because I want you to know that I love you, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but you can't be doing this, you know? Right. And so, yeah. so being able to say it with a positive, with love, those are always important. I, it's taken me a long time to retrain myself how to say things, which I'm still not always great at, but I'll give a specific example. One of the kids uh, used the, whatever that bullet blender thing is called, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. And we just at our house, when we use it, we've got to clean it right then because it's going to get used multiple times that day. And, you know, that kind of thing has got to be cleaned right then. Someone didn't. So my response, my natural response would be, hey, you didn't clean this thing. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, and the, the child was upstairs and older. And I knew that, that this person had their phone with them. So I texted them. Instead of yelling up the stairs, come and do this right now, or, you know, you didn't do this. Instead, I said, hey, the blender is still dirty, and I'm going to need that taken care of in the next 30 minutes, you know? So I love I that. Using technology for your advantage. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, I love there's that, that, for hey, one. I'm all about <laughs> texting and sticky notes for are, sure. are my best friends, I just want to say, for That's keeping great. relationship. But just rewording it mm-hmm. in a way of not pointing fingers, of mm-hmm. not not saying you this, mm-hmm. and just saying the blender is dirty still, mm-hmm. and I'm... I'm going to need it taken care of in the next 30 minutes. Because that takes the focus off of them. Yeah. It's not about them. It's about the blender. Right. Right. And so, no, that's a beautiful example of 
wanting to say it in a way that will build up. I, I could come up with some beautiful examples of how not to do it, too. For sure. I'm also for sure. Oh, we all could. We all could. But no, the fact that you had a win, celebrate the win, yeah. you know? Um, the next thing I really recommend is touch. Um, humans were made to be touched. We were wired for it. God put it in us, a desire to be touched. And it's connecting. It's reassuring. It helps build a protective barrier between people and the things that could hurt them. Uh, we all need it. But um, deliberate hugs, uh, incidental safe touches, they will warm us and our children. And so, of course, it's also important to be guided by the other person. If they flinch or shy away from being touched, respect that. Like, don't push it. Don't force it. But just know that touch is a beautiful connecting thing that can be really, really helpful in these types of stressful situations. Love it. Yeah. Do you feel like that's kind of across the board or is that connected with the love languages thing? Or if, if they're not receiving touch, if they're not receiving it lovingly, does that, is that possibly a sign of a lack of wholeness that, mm. that needs help there? Do you think? Um, I would say, you know, your child. Okay. And if they yeah. by nature don't love to be touched, like I, yeah. I have one nephew who, if I sit right by him on the couch, he'll move away. Not because yeah. he doesn't like me. He just yeah. has a bigger bubble, yeah, right? And so I know yeah. that about him. And so I still touch him. I still love on him. I still, like, give him little, like, hey, you know, I love you. And, yeah. and just, like, snuggle him real quick. Um, but I know that he's not somebody who really gotcha. loves that. Mm-hmm. But then I have another nephew who, if I sit right by him, he'll sit on my lap. Mm-hmm. Even though he's older, he'll yeah. still, he just, he's, like, five. He just loves it you know? Yeah. And so I think, you know, your child and you know, when they're behaving abnormally when it comes to touch. And so just use your mama gut. Yeah. You that's got one. Good. I like that. Um, the next one is finding an escape. Escapism is a thing that I think millennials coined. Uh, okay. and so it's important in a world that's stressful to have some sort of temporary escape, um, for adults and for children. So a movie, a puzzle, a book, snuggling with a dog, um, reading. I already said a book, but actually reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, doing something that will just get you out of your brain for a little bit and then you can come back into your brain. It's really helpful for emotional and psychological impacts of stress and it, it can validate your personal strengths when you use your hobbies and your skills that you know you're good at and you can find a little escape in that. A lot of people think sports would be a good escape for their kids. Um, something like that that's healthy and helpful. Yeah, I, I am not naturally good at that, so it is good for me to be reminded of that. Then I know there's other personalities that their mode of dealing with stress is shutting down. And right. is, is that a different kind of escape? So it's kind of a hard one. I'd say it depends. It depends. We know ourselves. And this is kind of like what I just said with touch, but we sure. know ourselves. And so we know when we're starting to use something in an unhealthy way. Okay. And maybe we don't know it in the moment, but we might get feedback from others. of Like, okay. hey, I'm noticing that you've watched 17 episodes in a row. Like, maybe we should take a break, you know, yeah. or we start to notice that for ourselves. And so the idea of an escape is that it will be temporary and then you'll go back into life. Gotcha. And so it's meant to be a break, a mental break. And then you can go back into doing whatever you were doing before. But when we start to use it as our normal or our consistent or we're not doing anything other than escaping, mm-hmm. that's when I would say, okay, maybe maybe we're avoiding something or maybe we don't want to deal with what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, Is, is that sure. helpful? For okay. sure. I, 
something that comes to my mind is recent this week, one of my family members hadn't said anything to me that they were aggravated with me, but then they said something to one of the other family members that was negative about about me right Mm -hmm. then. And so later that day when we were alone, I was able to say, Hey, you must not have felt comfortable telling me that I was bothering you. Mm -hmm. And, and I want us to be able to, I definitely want this to be a relationship where you can come and tell me. Mm -hmm. So how can we get us there? Um, Because that, that was a family member that tends to escape. You know, and not necessarily escaping two things, but avoiding, I guess, maybe. Or I guess escaping that's a, to other people. That's yeah, a real thing. Yeah. Sometimes we just okay, need to hang out sense. with people. Um, right. And so that's beautiful. What you did was what we say is complete the triangle. And so when somebody talks to somebody else about you, yeah. you instead of instead of just letting that sit, you completed the triangle and went to that first person sure. and said, hey, help me understand. That's a beautiful thing that we try and teach well, people. Well, my younger self would have, you know, I-, I hate to use this word, but retaliate back and mm. snap with, well, you weren't so great mm-hmm. today either, you know, right. kind of thing. Oh, for sure. Response. We all want to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, over time, I have learned my goal here is a relationship that's healthy and an individual that is whole. Mm -hmm. My role is to help them become more whole and healed in all the ways. Mm -hmm. And so if I see them responding that way, then that is, that's a sign to me that the, our relationship must have an issue today Mm -hmm. and they are now hurt by it. And so how can I work on those two things instead of, making the problem worse and snapping back. Right. So I think that that would be an example of potentially an unhealthy escape instead of one of these positive, healthy escapes where Mm -hmm. we're trying to just kind of move away from it to recalibrate and then come back. Yeah. Another escape could also be a quiet time. You know, if you, if you have a faith practice, like those are healthy, important escapes, you know? Yes. Yes. I cannot overemphasize the importance of us as moms taking time away, even the kids can be in the same room, but it is my moment with God and it is my time to let him refresh me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to, he longs for that. And he has everything we need to be refreshed, to do the mom things we need to do. And so we have to make space for it, even if it's in the same room as our kiddos making space for that. So I I love you bringing that up. Another one that I've been getting more comfortable with lately is, you know, that's an expense, but a pedicure, sitting in the pedicure chair. And if if you go to a good place where they have a good chair that massages well, Oh my, the, the de-stressing mm. that takes place for me is huge. That is a so good I escape. always, I take a good drink with mm. me and I go ahead and I, I literally do feel like it's an investment in my health for real, by both mental and physical because they're connected. Like you said, yes. I, and I, I know that might sound like an excuse to my husband. <laughs> That we really need this. Sometimes we have to say that. Legitimately, yes. Yes, you're like I. Honestly, if you want me to be able to function well in all the roles I I do, I need this. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, ladies, justify that. Let's let's move to the next one. 
Um, the other one that I really like is to be responsive. Uh, we are hardwired to connect with other people. If you look at a newborn baby, they long to be like connected with mama. Like they, they cry for her. They reach for her, especially like, uh, when you hit a month, two months, they start to like move towards people. And so being able to interact with people who are important to us is so important for our mental health. Um, it's what we've been biologically organized to do. Our brain wants to be around our safe connecting Mm -hmm. people. So for us, warmly responding to a child's attempts to interact with us, um, if they're really little, they babble, they reach, they cry or they chatter. Um, just making eye contact, talking, hugging, those will strengthen the connections in the child's brain and fortify them. Um, and then as they get older, just knowing that those same things, the babbling, the reaching will start to look different. Um, but we still need to engage warmly when our child tries to interact with us. So maybe a teenager looks like, Hey, I just found this new pair of headphones okay, they want something from you, but they also want to interact with you. And so warmly engaging, like, okay, tell me about the headphones. We might not have that in the budget, but I want to hear about why they Mm -hmm. are important to you. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe my teacher did this. Okay, tell me about your teacher. You know, warmly engaging, making eye contact, making sure that they know that they're a priority. And then with your husband, with, with your people, just warmly engaging, being able to interact with them that will buffer. And then finding those people for you that will warmly engage with you. That's so good. Intentional Moms, I hope you have been enjoying this conversation with Amanda as much as I have. We'll wrap it up next week. And I want to tell you, every person is going to have stress in their life. Our goal shouldn't be to eliminate all stress from our kids' lives. After all, it's not like we can go around with them everywhere in adulthood being their buffer between them and stress. It is far better to teach them how to manage stress effectively, how to watch for symptoms in themselves of too much stress, to how to develop habits of margin to reduce stress, learn ways to buffer stress in their life. That's what we've been talking about today. And next week, we'll go over the final part of buffering techniques for stress in our life. We want, as moms, as intentional moms, we want to, one, set a good example of monitoring and buffering stress in our lives. Two, we want to equip our children with good stress management habits. And three, we want to teach them why. That's really what we want to do in all areas of of their life. Set a good example for our kids, equip them with good habits, and then don't skip the last step. Teach them the philosophy behind the habit. Teach them the reason why. If you'll practice this process of transferring self-sufficiency in all areas of their life, by the time they reach adulthood, you'll have such peace of mind that they are ready They're ready to shine and thrive in their future. So join us next week for part three with Amanda. And I want to tell you a bit about Amanda since we didn't do that on the podcast last week. Since she's been on the show, this is the second topic we've had her on for. And uh, the first one was in episode 13. If you want to go back and listen to that on mom's mental health. Since we'd had her on before, I didn't fill you guys in about her, but I really should have. So let me do that right now. Amanda Colady is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Wichita, Kansas. Her practice at Encounter Freedom Therapy Center is dedicated to providing skilled therapy that is safe, affordable, and practical. 
She's a business owner, an entrepreneur, a Jesus follower, and if you're into the Enneagram, she is an Enneagram 2 with a wing 3. Amanda is passionate about helping people discover restoration and healing in their lives and in their relationships. Amanda utilizes careful assessment with a brain-based, strengths-based approach that offers hope and encouragement to those who are suffering, struggling, or just feeling stuck in a negative place. If you want to connect with Amanda, get on my show notes for a link to her clinic. Now, can I just tell you one other thing really quick before we end today? Moms, I was not good at uh, reducing stress in my life. I was not good at monitoring the effects it was having in my body. But something I was really good at was ignoring the symptoms and the signs that stress was too much for my body. So I ignored those symptoms for so long that now my road back to health is a really long road. And I would so love to save you guys from the, the mistakes that I made with that and, and just encourage you, learn to monitor the symptoms in you. Give yourself a buffer. Do the work while it is small instead of waiting until it is very large. Now, I'm going to tell you one little tip. There's so many things I want to tell you about inflammation in your body and the the things that I've done that has really helped me on my journey back to health, even though I still have a long way to go. But I just want to give you one little tip. And I mentioned inflammation because Amanda talked about that earlier in this little mini series we're doing. She talked about how stress causes inflammation in your body, okay? And that's totally what happened with me. And so one little thing, I will give you a tip, and that is called turmeric, or it can also be called curcumin. Now, this is something that I take as a supplement, and it has made such a difference. I had some major pain associated with some bone spurs in my neck. The pain was so bad, and I had spent over $10,000 on medical procedures, and it would help mildly, but it would never totally get rid of the pain. And then I discovered not just turmeric or curcumin, but getting it in the right form that could really give some powerful impact to that inflammation in me. So a quick thing with that, what you want to look for when you are picking out turmeric or what I look for anyway in supplements and everybody's different and I'm not a medical professional, so this is not medical advice, but this is just what I do and what's been effective for me. You want to look for 95% curcuminoids to be ingredients in that turmeric or curcumin that you get. And then you also want to look for I'm going to get my bottle here so that I can look at it well, because I always forget how to pronounce this, but it's black pepper. You want to have that ingredient in it, but sometimes instead of black pepper, it is called B-I-O-P-E-R-I-N-E. Now I'll tell you a couple of brands in show notes that I like for it because I take a liquid one that works great. Like when I get a headache, bam, I take that. It's very helpful or other aches and pains too, but I also take it on a daily basis to do all I can be doing to reduce inflammation in me. Now, there's lots of other things you got to do besides just curcumin to help you get over inflammation. And so there's lots of other things that I'm doing as I continue my journey back to health. 
And moms, I just love to spend time with you each week on the podcast. I, You are a blessing to me. Uh, I pray for you, and I care so much about your family becoming strong as you become more intentional. So moms, you can join me every Monday most easily by being sure that you are signed up to receive this podcast. So you can go to my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com and enter your email address. And I would love it if you would join me on Instagram too. Practically Speaking Mom is what you want to look for on Instagram. And I will see you there. And I'll see you every Monday right here at the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, and I'll be praying for you this week.